Welcome to As We Understand Him, a weekly coffee chat exploring a deeper relationship with God as we understand Him. You can download As We Understand Him weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at As We Understand Him Podcast. For additional information, to hear episodes, and to access resources and writings, please visit our website, asweunderstandhim.coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys trying to figure out the God thing, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Love that intro. Absolutely, man. Wait, you, wait, you were pointing to me to, to uh, kick off? Uh, I know, because we were never, both getting into the music. Dude, I have never kicked off in my life. I don't know how to do it. We were getting, we were getting into the it. music. You're a pro at it. You're the funny one. Love that. So so to be clear, that's a U2 song, but a reimagined dragon. Imagine dragon or reimagined yeah, dragon? You know, you know, here's what I'm I like so about old. covers. No, yeah. I, I, I love covers. In fact, I go on YouTube and I pick my favorite songs and I find covers. Mm. And, and there are times, there are times when the covers mm-hmm. are as good as mm-hmm. or better than the original. Oh, I could give you 50 examples of you being 100% right. In fact, I'll, I'll give you another example. I went to Hamilton uh, with Jen. This is years ago. And all excited, all excited, all excited. And, and we, we go, and Lynn manuel the, the, the key guy, mm-hmm. right, was sick. Mm. And so he had a stand-in. And, and I've seen it two times. I saw it once with the stand-in, and then I saw it with Lynn. And the stand-in was so much better than Lynn. I never want to see Lynn again. It's Well, the stand-in only gets, like, one opportunity, though. Yeah, but they give it more. Uh, that's they what I'm saying. It it's like, I'm, yeah. They really try hard. So um, song is Imagine Dragons singing U2s with or without you. Awesome. All right, man. So I, I'll take it over. I'll take it over from here in the coffee shop. So um, relatively new with our podcast launch of uh, As We Understand Him, and we have two hosts. We have Mikey and Glenn. Um, call him Smiley Mike. You'll have a chance to get to know him if, if you don't know him yet from the uh, Sober Dot Coffee podcast. Very heartfelt, loving guy, and uh, just you know really has the ability to, to tell and share a story. Um, and experience, you know, experience, strength, and hope, and and the whole the whole you know, journey of our podcast is to share, you know, what we've done to, you know, latch on to learn to connect the, with with our spiritual journey, right? So what we thought we start out, we we've already done behind the counter, and what we wanted to start out with, kind of our stories, right? And, and just give some backdrop, and trust me, as the episodes go on, you'll hear more and more deeper, deeper dives, and you'll probably hear the same one over and over and over again. But we want to kick off. Mikey's going to tell his story, so we're, we're going to turn the, the mic. Over to Mike. Over to Smiley Mike. And um, just kind of let him tell his, uh, his uh, spiritual story. Cool. Well, you know, I... Um, so welcome, too. Mike. Well, thank you very much, Glenn. Um, you know, what I love about uh, doing this podcast and doing these behind the counter, we did the behind the counter last week, and then we'll do these stories. And, you know, I figure it this way. If if the two stories don't scare you off, then you're in for the journey, and it should be fun. <laughs> All in. That's right. Um, but, you know, heartfelt and loving guy. I appreciate those kind words, you know, and I hope that my story you're going to see because I'm going to reference a couple people and, and people and God helped me become a heartfelt, loving guy. And I did, it's not something I aspired to be when I was a kid. I don't know what I aspired to be as a kid, but, you know, I don't think I ever 
I ever penned the words, I want to be a heartfelt and loving guy. That's just what happened because of the relationships that I had in my life. So I'll try and keep it brief and, you know, fire away with any, you know, any interjections that you'd like. I am going to jump okay? in when I want to. Right. So let me give you a little back. <laughs> so let me just give you a little backstory. It's important. Um, mom and dad uh, had three children. And uh, when I was three years old, my wait, dad. Uh, wait, yes. are, are, are we going back to the twenties? Uh, yeah, uh, when you were born. Now stop it yourself. Now, <laughs> remember, I'm a product of the seventies. I know, I I know, I was because I saw pictures of me. I don't have any memories, but um, anyway, born born in 1959. Like I said, to mom and dad, uh, he had three kids. I was the third of three children, and then my dad was killed in a car accident when I was three, and um, a year after that. Um, she lost her father, my grandfather, um, to a vicious murder, right? So th this begins my story because you would think, at least I would think if I were in that predicament, I I'd have an issue with God. Um, but I was born, I was baptized in the Catholic Church, and, um, and, and it turns out, you'll see my story, my mom turned to God when she lost what she had turned to in life. And and that that really goes a long way in my journey. And again, my mom, when I say turned to, she had a, and has, a underlying faith in God. Not, you know, I mean, she goes to church, but she doesn't go to Bible study. She doesn't quote the verses. She doesn't read the Bible. But she prays. She has a relationship with God. And so I saw that peppered in my life. So, so had influences other parts of my life with my grandmother, who was just very calm and stable and loving and, and, mm -hmm. and compassionate and heartfelt. My first really touch with God happened when I was probably seven, eight years old, maybe nine. And uh, Glenn, I remember laying out on my, um, on my front lawn, looking up at the vastness of the stars. And, and I remember it like it was yesterday, it just the connection that I felt that I was a small part of a grander story, hmm. right? I mean, that was about the depth of my thought, but I just, I felt it. And I remember laying there for hours going, wow, this is, th th there's something here, you know? Um, went on to make communion, Holy Communion in the Catholic Church. How old? Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I don't no, know. is that the one where you have to do the classes and all that stuff? No, that's really confirmation. And, and that's I like 10, that. 12. Communion, I, I guess you do. I, all I know is I've got a really cute little picture of my bald head holding the Bible. And so, <laughs> that's awesome. So, again, I know I, I, know I was there. That's awesome. Um, but then uh, when, I, when I got to be about, uh, and again, this is about my spiritual journey, when I got to be about, uh, I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old, I'm walking over to my buddy's house who lived about, two city blocks away from my house. And uh, I was walking over to his house and I cut through a church parking lot. And, um, and there was this lady uh, in a car and she just said good morning to me. And I, again, remember this like it was yesterday. I said good morning back. And she said something, so, she said something that invited me into a conversation. And before I know it, Glenn, she had a little packet uh, and, and there was no words on these little index cards that were held together with a ring. Hmm. And they just had colors. They had the color of white and black and gold and purple and yellow. And we'll do an episode on this one point, but each one of them 
reflected a, a step in the Jesus journey, right? So mm. white was purity, black was death, red was the blood, mm. purple was the royalty. Never heard that. Yeah. Well, she told me the story of Jesus with these little with these cards. Colors. With these colors, and there's no cards. And I just remember, wow, that, that almost connected me back to my stargazing day. So, but then I walked away, right? So, I mean, again, I... There was an epiphany. I didn't change my life and start reading Bible verses every morning. I just went on my merry way to my friend's house. Went on to make confirmation. Went to what they call CCD in Catholics, mm-hmm. um, which is you know, kind of a requirement to make confirmation. So I don't know, catechism. I don't know what, what the CCD actually stands for. It is Catholic catechism. I, I don't remember. I have no recollection of, of that time period at all. Uh, went to a Catholic high school. Um, my introduction to the Bible there, true story. Um, I'm in a, I'm in Bible class, religion class. They call it religion class. And, uh, <clears throat> I might've fallen asleep during the class. Cause I would say it wasn't spellbinding to me. Hmm. Well, the binding hit my head. Oh my. So I got beat over the head with a Bible and that's what woke me up. Then I got dragged out to the hall. It just wasn't a pretty scene, Right. So I'm trying to kind of give you a little backstory to kind of where I was. So I had this like this little hope, and then I had this little hope dashed. Like, is this mm-hmm. what this is all about, right? If that makes sense. So then I would I went into what I call the dark years, right? So I uh, just lived life. You know, I was a rebellious teenager, rebellious young adult. Um, had absolutely totally walked away from the church, had nothing to do with spirituality, had nothing to do with religion. I just was punched out. I was on my own singing my own song, right? My same old Mm -hmm. song. Then I met Nancy, um, my wife, and her family background was um, very conservative religious. So... You know, we're talking about going to church twice on Sundays. You don't go shopping on Sundays. You don't go to the, you know, you don't go to the mall. You don't go to the restaurant. Um, Was it like quote unquote Christian? Yeah, quote unquote Christian. Okay. And um, you know, and and then I came along, right? The Irish Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I might as well have been Putin, you know, in that. You're family. an outsider, huh? I was an outsider. Yeah. I mean, if, if Putin, I understand that, right? And and they're like, wait, what? You're doing what? You're dating who? That's right. But, um, but, but, and th- that story ended up really well, but we'll get to that at a later point. But, but at the time, it was, it was quite earth shattering. And, um, I watched her, uh, I watched her pepper off to church on Sundays. I would sit in the condo and I had the remote, which was wired, by the way, just to give you a frame of date. It was before wireless yep. remotes, right? So, and I would, I would watch her leave for church, and I just kind of wave to her goodbye as I'm getting ready for a football pregame, and and this happened for years. But but I'll tell you that. So you never went to church with her. Never went to church with mm. her. I just waved goodbye. How'd you feel about that? You know, just dandy as long as the Bears won. So so you didn't care, right? right? I, I okay. didn't really care. That was her thing. That was her thing. Okay. Giddy up, you go do it. But there was a calmness about her. There was a peace about her when we would hit financial storms mm-hmm. or relational storms or situational storms. There was some kind of calmness about her, and I identified that, but I didn't... There was nothing about it I really desired enough to want it to change 
staying home and watching the football like, game. Like, did you equate to, did you equate her calmness about her <clears throat> to her relationship with church and God? Yes, I did. Hmm. Yeah, I really did. Okay. Um, but but again, I didn't want. I didn't want. There was nothing I wanted that deeply, because because at that point in my life, everything was going just fine mm-hmm. with Mike's plan, right? Got it. And uh, and certainly, I'm young now. I'm in my early twenties, and so I've you know I'm I'm invincible. I'm never going to die. I'm you know I'm I've got this, and it's working out well for me. So then I started. Um, we had started having a family <clears throat> and in order for me to be part of, they didn't do baptism in this church, um, infant baptism. They in did, whose church? Your Catholic church her, or her in church? In her church. Got it. Yeah. I okay. never went back to the Catholic church. Okay. They were done. I was yep. done with them. Okay. Um, so, so they did, uh, what they call, uh, professional, uh, confirmation of, you know, a celebration, a kind of a confirmation of I forgot what the term the dedication? was. Dedication. Dedication. That's yep. it. So they did. Trust dedication. me, I know all the words. Okay. All right. Good. So they did dedication. At least in the Christian church. But in order for me to hold the baby, yep. I had to be a member of their church. Yep. And I'm like, wait, what? Did it cost so, you money? Well, follow the money, Glenn. Yep. Always follow the money. So you're doing the Catholic church. Yeah. Right? So, so I'm like, wait, what? Okay, fine. You hold her. Well, you need to come to these services. You need to come to these little classes mm-hmm. and try and come to. Then they tried to bring me. So I go to the service. Well, shortly into this, we got a knock on our door <clears throat> for our apartment. And oh no, they need to come visit. Oh, they? they came to visit me. Oh my god! But here's the thing, man. I had my Irish attitude and my back all up against the wall, and I was ready to go to battle, man. And I knew I could win this battle. And this dude was tall, man. He was like six. I don't know. He was like David or Goliath or whatever. He was he was like Goliath. He was like this big dude in in the frame of my front door. And his name was Art Schoenfeld. And I'm bringing it up because... I can't believe you still know his name. Absolutely. Because that man, that man right there uh-huh. was the beginning of my spiritual journey because he didn't come to judge me. He didn't come to knock on that door to judge me. He came and knocked on that door to love me. And he said, let's figure out. That's a new concept, isn't it? uh, It was a totally new concept to me. And he said, let's figure this thing out. And I said, hold on a second. I golf on Sundays. And he goes, good. (laughs) How's your game? I'm like, wait, what? No judgment. No judgment. So uh, I I started going to church a little bit. But really, my prayer life at that point was foxhole. Mm -hmm. Um, I was an entrepreneur, so there was a lot of financial foxhole prayers, Lord, you know, make this deal work. Lord, don't let me get pulled over tonight, Lord, you know. But but I had no relationship. Um, but I kept going to church. I kept going to church because there was something about this guy and what he had to say that made sense to me. So they had a change of command at the church, and they brought in a new pastor called Pastor Jerry Erfmeyer, and and I thought he had big shoes to fill, and he was a tall man, and he filled those shoes. I know it must have been a requirement six, six. for yeah, must have been a requirement for that church. I could have never been pastor there in five seven, but um, he came in and he again just opened. 
He explained the Bible to me in a way that I had never heard before. He used picture stories, and mm-hmm. I just related to it. Yeah, I just related to it. It just made sense to me. So I got on fire, and you're going to see a pattern here. I got on fire, and and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make my profession of faith. You know, tantamount to jumping in the pool, right, and get baptized. But they didn't do that immersion there. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll do this profession of faith. And I was on fire, man. I went to Promise Keeper conferences. I went to joined a men's group. And, I mean, I was on fire. And this goes back to, I don't know, I'm probably in 1990-something, right? But, but Glenn, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm, if, I'm going through the motions. It's all in the head. It's on the head. Oh, yep. I love that. It was on the not head. Not in the heart. Not in the heart, right? So, so as I'm doing this, Glenn, my life, as we know from Sober Coffee, is crashing and burning because I'm I'm addict. I have addiction. I'm trying to fill that heart hole mm-hmm. with something else, and it's not working for me. So I was living in total conflict. The Facebook page looked fantastic. There he is at church. There he is serving with the kids. There he is, you know, doing all this stuff. And, but in actual actuality, I'm drinking and drugging and and just living an immoral life, you know, it, emotionally and physically. It was just, it was tragic. Um, so then... Sounds like you were a seeker. Sounds like you were just uh, trying to you were just trying to figure stuff out. Find and it just sounds like inside you're a wreck and you're just trying to find solutions. So amen to that. Listen to this part of the story. Uh, we have four kids at this point. Um, now we're flipping to two. We're getting close to the year 2000, and um, our kids are not connected at the church because they're not following the program. They weren't going to private school, the private Christian school associated with the church. So they were kind of outcasts and they just weren't feeling it. And my wife said, we got to do something. (laughs) Did you catch that? My wife said, Mm -hmm. we got to do something. I didn't pull up my spiritual pants and say, time for us to do something here, dear. Um, She said, no, it's time for us to do something. So I went out on a covert mission and started visiting churches, right? For, For one desire, a place for my kids to plug in, mm-hmm. right? Church number three, a little church called Parkview, um, off of off of uh, Wolf Road in the southwest suburbs mm-hmm. of Chicago. Okay, and I had n- no all I knew. I picked it out of the phone book, you know. And and we go there, and I need, go there. You might need to describe to some listeners what a, what phone, a phone book, book is. is. Yeah, right. Thank you. It's like a Google without without. <laughs> Right. electricity right right so so anyway i i walk in there glenn and uh i got there late because that's what good catholic people do i got there late and i opened the doors there was nobody standing at the door i opened the the door it was you know 10 o'clock in the morning into a totally dark auditorium that had rock music playing and i'm like wait what am i in the right You're place the disco club or i'm what so I go in there, and right from the moment I walked in and sat down, and the first song and the first strum of that guitar and that first beat of the drum, I said, wow, this is something. Then the pastor walked up there and told his story of driving a 1989 Saturn, you know, 
and and how he was just trying to figure his relationship with God out and you know he's not perfect but we're not perfect and that's what Jesus came for us beyond I'm like hearing this I go home I go I think I found it I think I found it so I began to go there with the family and so all problems were solved at that point <laughs> yeah not not so easy um, I went there and and I began I began a journey of having a relationship. I I started exploring the opportunity to have the relationship. But again, my MO was go through the motions, jump in, you know, help usher, help do this, get involved. I was told to get involved and that that would that would bring me closer. And I did that for years, but the problem was that for years I also was out there doing my own thing. Right. Were you and still drinking during that time? Absolutely, and mm-hmm. it, and it just destroyed me. There was such a deep conflict inside. Like a wrestling match. That's right. It, it, it just it, that I was, you know, and, and it was I was out of my weight class, you know, <laughs> totally out of my weight class. That, I I can understand that. So I want to tell you one story that really made a lot of sense to me. And uh, in 2006, and I remember this clearly. It was St. Patrick's Day, 2006. And it's an important part of my story because I was, at the time, professionally doing some consulting on corporate culture. And I'm standing at home one day, the day before St. Patrick's Day in 2006, and I'm going through what they call junk mail. Again, for some Mm -hmm. of our listeners, they used to send stuff in the mail and try and sell you stuff, which they don't do anymore. They send emails. But anyway, and, and so my MO was there was three piles. You know, it was a bill. Uh, it was junk to be to be discarded, or it's that's kind of interesting. Put that in a pile. I'll look at that later. And so I'm going through and I'm rifling through a three-inch stack of mail, and I picked up this one piece of paper and it said um, uh, Dennis Bakey, uh, Joy at Work, a new book about corporate culture that's rocking the world. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I um, I went to put it in the read it later pile. And I was pulled back to it. I, I picked it back up. I said, wait a minute. It was a, th- a trifold. I mean, it had a lot of words in it. So I'm reading the whole thing, and I'm like, I'm reading it. I'm like, this guy is doing exactly what my business is doing. I got to I gotta meet this guy, right? So I go right from I got to meet the author to I got to go meet the guy. Or I go over from I got to read the book to I got to go mm-hmm. meet the guy, right? Cause, cause, because the movie is always better than the book. It gets right to the point, right? So it turns out that he's going to be at a book signing at the University of Chicago the very next morning on St. Patrick's Day. And I said, well, I've, 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 got to, I've got to be there. I've got to do it. So I start making some calls into his publicist, and I want to have coffee with the guy, right? And I'm like, oh, man, if I'm going to meet the guy. So I, so I arrange it, right? And, and I've got coffee scheduled for him at 945 the next morning. Now it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'm like, oh, man, if I'm going to meet the guy, I really should read the book or at least skim through it, right? So then I go on the quest to find the book. And again, this is 2006. I'm not sure when Bezos did his deal, but Amazon wasn't around. I'm pretty positive. If it was, it was, you know, just selling only books. But it couldn't get it there to me quick enough because I was having breakfast with the guy the next morning or coffee with the guy the next morning. And so uh, I go to Borders. I, I 
I finally find it at Borders. Long story short, I find it at Borders. Now it's eight thirty at night. I start reading the book. Well, the book is spellbinding. So in other words, it's not one of those books that tells you what's going to happen the whole chapter in the first paragraph. You have to read the whole first chapter because he doesn't. That's not the way he writes. Mm-hmm. So I've got footnotes and everything. Finished reading the book at 7.30 in the morning, okay? I'm driving down there, and I'm like, I'm prepared, but I'm really tired. So I'm not emotionally ready for this guy because I've been up all night. And, Glenn, the reason I bring that story up is I had a moment driving on the Dan Ryan, I-94 in Chicago, and I thought to myself, Michael, it was so important for you to read this guy's book because you were going to meet him. You've never read the Bible. It was a life changer mm. for me, a life changer. I began to read the Bible on my own and through the guidance of other people, and that really changed my life. That was in 2006. Did things get better, you're going to ask me? Nope, I still lived in conflict. Should be perfect. Should be perfect. And then I'll conclude with this. So from 2006 until 2018, I lived in conflict in total pain of not living who I was. And, and we say conflict, you're referring to the wrestling, the internal wrestling. The internal match. wrestling, yep. yes, absolutely. Oh, man, I, I mean, that. all the other stuff, you know, in retrospect, it was all incidental. You know, this deal happened, that deal didn't happen. This, yeah, it's life. It, it was just life. But for me, it was very big at the time. And for me, again, I, it was an internal wrestling match. So question. Yeah. You started reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. What did that do for you? It educated me. It didn't. It didn't enlighten me. It educated me. So you're still in the head. Still in the head. Still in the head stuff. Yep. yep. Still in the head stuff. You know why, Glenn? Because I didn't. I saw it working for David. I saw it working for Moses. I saw it working for Mary. I didn't see it working for Mike. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, be careful. I wonder why it didn't. Well, because. Because I was holding on to Mike. Okay. I was holding on to Mike. And again. And, and you were still drinking this, all that time. Absolutely. Drinking, okay. drugging, okay. partying, acting irresponsible, you know, doing all the things the Bible said I shouldn't be doing. So you were feeding both sides of the wrestling match. Yeah, right. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Boy, that's tough. Yeah. Well, and not evenly. I was feeding the I was feeding the ugly side More. a lot. Oh, I was <laughs> yeah. keeping that alive. Interesting. But here's where everything changed for me. I'll wrap up with this. Um, my birthday is October 13th. On October 13th, 2018, I woke up and uh, I, uh, I did what I do every day. It was like Groundhog Day. You know, I grabbed a bottle uh, from across the hall from my bedroom. I guzzled it down. I went in the bathroom. I puked that up. And then I thought, oh, well, that's bad. I just puked up all that valuable drugs and alcohol. So I went and guzzled more. Yeah, and don't you hate that, man? Oh, when, it's when you like, sit there and make, oh, man. You make the investment, and then uh, you sit there. And... I know. It's like that's all that stuff's in the toilet, man. I got to get it back. I got to get that poison back <laughs> in my body. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, insanity. So so I did that. And, um, and Glenn, I, I got to tell you, I was at, at the end of my, I was at the end of my rope. I was at the end of my life. I had come to the end of my life, and and it was, like I said, Groundhog Day. That that story had played out for thousands of days prior to that, and I just sat. Hmm. I Here's the thing. I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have a Bible verse. 
I didn't have an image of my wife's calm or peace. I didn't have an image of my mom's faith. What I had in me was total defeat. And I said, I need help. And I know now that two beings heard me. A supernatural being, meaning my God, and a human being, meaning my wife. And the story of my recovery involves both of them. But I can tell you with every ounce of everything in me that my life changed from that moment when I said help. Now, did I know, did God say, I will help you? No, but God helped me. I saw me in the story. From the moment I started rehab to the moment I walked into the rooms of AA to the moment I walked into this coffee shop, I see God's act working in my life, and it blows me away. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, um, I was making some notes, and, and I just want to kind of, you know, as we recap here, I just want to point out some things. First of all, I love what your mom said. I turned to God when what she turned to in life failed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's almost like she didn't have a decision, right? She, she, right. Was at, she was at a point, and she's like, nothing else is working. And I turned to God, and I love that. Um, Nor did I. You know, I love through, through the process, through the pain, you're like, hey, is this, is this what it's all about? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the questioning. And I also recognize, you know, the time that it took along the path, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we say in AA, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, you know, it really takes time. And it sounds like, you know, in, you know, in, in, in that October 2018, right? Yep. You know, there's a point of defeat. Right. Right. And you said, I need help. Right. right. Um, one, one quick question. Yeah. Um, is there any or what's the difference between your Catholic upbringing and the spiritual journey you're on today? Uh, the Catholic upbringing, I mean, I could say this very succinctly. Um, the, the, this is just my opinion and my life well, it's, story. It's, it's your path. It's my path. Nobody can argue with your path. I was, I was involved in a, re, a religion. Mm-hmm. Now I'm involved in a relationship. It, it is just, yeah. it's that simple. I mean, this is, Boy, n- is simple. nothing to do with the rules. Yep. It has nothing to do with the regulations. It has nothing to do with tradition. This has everything to do with the relationship. So one of the things I liked what you said during our um, behind the counter. And when we were talking about the spiritual journey, you said, hey, there is no destination. There is no ending. Right. Right. Um, but do you feel comfortable with where you're at today? Absolutely, Glenn. You know, so. Is it still in the head? No, it's totally in the heart. As a matter of fact. So what happened? My how, head, how, how did how'd you go from the head to the heart? My head can't keep up with it. My head can't keep up with what's going on in my okay. heart. So so how did it happen? I, I wish I could tell you that I've got a point a fr- in time or is it just a slow transition No, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, kind of give you an indication of an answer and give you an indication of where I'm at today. I was reading this morning, right? So I read the Bible. I achieved my goal. I checked it off my right. list. Yeah. Right. But now I'm reread. I reread but the I Bible. I read a lot of textbooks in college. That I got nothing out of Right. But I reread so reading, the reading has nothing to do with it. That's right. Right. But today the words jump off the page at me and they're mm-hmm. relevant. 
they're relevant to me. This morning I was reading in Mark, one of my favorite verses is, um, uh, I'm sorry, Mark, James. Uh, James 4.8 is come near to God and God will come near to you, right? And I love that line. But the next verse, I was reading it for another study I'm doing. The next verse says that in due time, it uses the phrase in due time. So what, ha- what happened? What was the event that flipped the switch? Or, or maybe, there was, I, maybe there's not a switch. No, I can answer From the that. head to the heart. Nope. I would say early, probably day two, day three of rehab. So day three, two or three of being sober. Mm-hmm. I saw God working in me. So I went from Meaning faith. What? In, what, what does that mean? For, for somebody that has no idea what that means, I had no what does desi- that mean? I had no desire to drink. Okay. That's and oh, I, wow. And, and I had a desire to know him. And, that, and okay. that, that came from nowhere. So I so to answer your question, I'm going to steal one of your lines. I went from faith to fact that early in my. Wow, it I sounds saw, quickly. There, I, I I knew that help had come. Wow. I knew that God was there to help me, and that belief, and then the factual proof that I was being helped because I had no desire to drink or drug from That's that amazing, day. Man. I've not had a desire from that day. Is that something I did? Was that a verse I read? No. That was God working in my yeah, life. Yeah, that was something something outside of you, obviously. Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, why not, first of all, thank you for sharing that. It takes a lot to open up and, and just kind of be really raw and transparent with people that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to get to know more about your journey, more about your story as we progress with our episodes. And... Um, I know I'm really looking forward to hearing that. And, brother, I love hitting these coffee shops. I love hearing your story. Come I have, back. Can we come back and hear yours next week? <laughs> yeah. All right. I, um, yeah, so I, um, I have watched your story, you know, for the last four years, and I've lived your story with you, and it's absolutely amazing. So I'm looking forward to you sharing some more snippets, man. So, Awesome, man. Thanks for doing that today. Thanks. See you next All week. All right, brother. All right, See man. you, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at asweunderstandhim.coffee. If sobriety is your desire and you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255 or dial 988. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their personal experiences about their spiritual journey and their path to sobriety. Therefore, any medical, spiritual, or perceived suggestions are their own opinions and should not be considered professional advice. See you next week.